Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com Context of White Supremacy Justice Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, March 22nd, 2015. So I have been told uh, we should be back in about eight hours uh, for the study session. Asada Shakur, that would be number three. Uh, I believe we're on chapter five uh, coming up uh, later this evening. I know folks uh, tuning in. Uh, we are not skipping a beat at all. We will be right back. Uh, this broadcast, uh, just something I have been pondering on uh, for a few weeks. Um, I know we have a lot of listeners, uh, both in the States and outside the States, uh, who for a variety of reasons cannot participate in our normal broadcast time, or at least they can't participate live uh, for a variety of reasons. So I thought it would be cool to have at least one program um, on kind of a monthly basis, um, maybe once a month. That is uh, significantly earlier that way for some people who um, they just they can't do uh, our programs that are later in the day or people that are outside the states. I uh, know it's really late. Our live the time that our live broadcast normally airs is really late for them. So I thought if we have at least one program a month that is early, uh, we let people know uh, in advance so that, you know, they can kind of check their calendar and see if that'll be better for them. That way they can participate. Maybe we can hear from some people who don't normally uh, chime in. Uh, I thought that would be cool. Uh, as well as the namesake for the program, Lunchtime with Shani, one of our uh, listeners. Uh, she's been a participant. She's called in uh, quite a bit. She was even a guest on a program. We were talking about uh, white friends, uh, how a lot of us, we didn't have accurate information. Our parents weren't talking to us uh, about the system of white supremacy growing up. We didn't uh, accurately understand what it means to be a white person. So a lot of us had white friends and lots of uh, racist, tragic experiences uh, while we did all that, but she shared some of her uh, experiences with that, uh, as well as she's commented on many other programs. Uh, this kind of came about because frequently uh, she'd be taking lunch right about now. <laughs> she would uh, have updates about racist conduct, things that had happened on her job, things white people had said, uh, just other uh, happenings related to the system of white supremacy. So I thought she could hang out, give us some some tips, updates, what have you, what she's seen on the job, or if it's anything else she wanted to relate. And as I said, really, the whole program to uh, also encourage other folks to chime in, particularly people that we don't get to hear from. If you normally participate, that's great too, but especially want to make sure uh, looking out for uh, people who, who normally are not able 
uh, to chime in. So definitely dial in the number 760-569-7676. And the code is 564-943-POUND. This program, uh, I don't think, will be as long as... uh, Many of our, our normal uh, broadcasts, just because we have multiple programs, it's on early and just kind of seeing how it goes. If uh, as we roll along doing this and more people uh, are interested and in participating and sharing a word, then we will uh, expand. But we'll probably start out doing around an hour or so and uh, see where it heads. Uh, so we will bring uh, Shani in. Uh, are you with us, Shani? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hey, guys. How are you? All right, poorly, but uh, glad <laughs> you were able to tune in. Uh, I guess technically this isn't even really lunchtime with Shani because you did not have to visit the plantation today. Is that accurate? Yes. Right on. Uh, for listeners, they uh, it seems like they should have heard you at some point if they've been listening for a while, but just in case, uh, anything you want to make sure you uh, share with folks anything you think they should know about who you are or just want to make sure you get on the record? Um, well, I'm 25 years old. I am uh, a non-white female, but I do have a white parent. My mother is white, and my father is uh, black. Um, and I also have a twin sister as well. Hmm. Um, Right on. Uh, Folks, as I said, you can peruse the archives if you want to get more uh, detail about the specifics. I think she had a a really uh, keen, important observation during the whole. uh, I think it was we were on live when they were announcing that there would be no charges uh, for the shooting death of Michael Brown, talking about some of the dynamics that were playing out in her house with her white parent and the other non-white folks in the house. You can go back, check that out as well. Um, anything of note uh, happened this week? Workplace racism? Any observations you want to make sure you share? Um. Yeah, actually, a couple of things. Um, we had a meeting. Um, we usually have a monthly meeting um, at my in my department at the job I work for. Um, and this particular meeting was just regarding. Um, basically, we're having new people come in. Um, and we're also having people in our department move into different positions. Now, of course, me, I can't figure out who those people are. So, lo and behold, I find out that uh, these two white males, so there's one Asian female and two white males, are going to be moving over to web admin. I believe they're getting paid a little bit more. Um, I am aware that there is a black female who's been there for eight years and has not moved up out of the position. And she hasn't actually got, hasn't received any training. And I am aware she has asked for training. And Irene has come up with many excuses on not giving her that training. Meanwhile, these two, these two people have only been here for a year and they're completely, they go to meetings like every other few months and they're training meetings. So I, I'm looking at it like, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's messed up. So now that black female, she has her doing a particular job in our department, which deals with creating vendors. She has two, two black people that are two non-white people who are going to be taking charge of that position. Um, they had spoke to her about it and were like, we don't like this and we would like to help out creating parts. And she's like, well, I would prefer you guys doing this. Why? Because their numbers are not high. They're not meeting the team average. So she feels like, well, I need to hire more people who could possibly meet the team average. And if they're not doing it, then, you know, got to put them somewhere else. So that, that's pretty much what our meeting was about. She talked about career paths. I mentioned to her, um, in regards to career paths, I know you just mentioned that anybody who has a four-year degree, they do inside sales. And people who don't have degrees, can do licensing. I was like, is there an option for four-year people, for people with four-year degrees to do licensing? Because to be honest with you, I don't want to do inside sales. It's, it's commission-based, and I've heard some crazy stuff happening over there. 
So I told her, you know, is there an option for me to do licensing? Now, she looked at me like I was crazy, like, why would you do licensing, whatever. But, you know, she mentioned her bachelor's or four-year degree. And I know some people are looking at me funny, like, this black female actually has her four-year degree. Like, it was kind of weird. But, but uh, you know, she she's like, yeah, I'm going to check for you to see if there's an option. I'm like, yeah, you, that's not right. You're going to limit people to where they can work? Like, yeah, no sense is that. So, but other than that, um, that that's that's it for the meeting. Um, no other things I've noticed. Um, so I mentioned the, the 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 two white males moving up a position, and uh, and I also mentioned the meeting. This actually yesterday. Um, after my boss leaves, she leaves at three. So usually after three o'clock, that's when all the shenanigans goes down with the particular white males that make uh, racist comments. And I did happen to pay attention. Uh, these two white males were talking about, you know, the NBA Finals that's going on. And they're talking about the Cavaliers and LeBron James. And there's an Indian, there's, a, there's an Indian male that works there in my department, along with another Spanish female and um, an Asian girl. But uh, the Asian girl leaves at four. So the only the other two other two non-white people there besides me and Kenny, who are the two black people there, is the Indian guy and the Spanish chick. Um, so Manesh, so the white male asked Manesh, um, uh, what time is the Capillaries playing the Hawks? And he told him the time. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, like, I think five minutes, I guess, into the conversation, Manesh sat down at his desk and was doing whatever. And Mike comes out and starts saying, you know. The NBA is not good these days. Oh, I miss the the uh, the players from back in the day, like Larry the Bird. He's he's naming off all these white basketball players. I'm just like, wow. But no one wants to name Michael Jordan because the other players he mentioned came were around the same time as Michael Jordan. So it's like, what are you trying to say? Black people shouldn't try to dominate a sport. I mean, you guys, white people dominate other sports, but they all of a sudden it's like they can't dominate this one sport. So, like, two other white males got involved. Now, Manesh and Crystal were quiet when they were saying this. Manesh didn't get involved. He probably was sitting there shocked, like, I can't believe they're they're saying that. Like, it, it, it was, he was, they were being, I suspect them being racist at that moment. But they are racist in my eyes at the end of the day. Um, but other than that, another white male who doesn't watch basketball at all, watches hockey, comes in and says, yeah, I wish they had this player, I wish they had that player, da-da-da, and it's like, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm listening, but, you know, my mouth was just like, wow, yeah, that was interesting. Um, but other than that, so far this week, you know, just the usual uh, stuff that happens on the plantation. Um, I did talk to a black male who works in my department, and he has mentioned to me that when he walks into the building and if there's a white person walking in front of him, they don't hold the door open for him. They literally, the door has hit his face plenty of times. Wow. But, um, he came out and told me, he's like, I've never had that, but he's had it all the time. And he told me there's people who say hi to you. They'll look at him up and down, looking at him like, why are you saying hi to me? And, and just, and these are people in prominent positions at the company. You know, they're like up there. You would think they would have some decency or respect, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, he's like, he's like, yes, you tell those people I see as being racist. I'll say, well, what about Charlie and Mike who make all these racist jokes. You don't think they're being racist? He's like, well, you know, Mike's from Staten Island. I'm like, there's a lot of racist people in Staten Island. Are you crazy? Like, and he's like, yeah, he's from Staten Island, so, you know, he's probably ignorant to what, you know, I'm like, no, 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 he sounds, he sounds pretty sure of what was coming out of his mouth. He ain't dumb. Wow. He, he, he plans the timing on when he makes the racist jokes. Obviously, he does it when my boss leaves. Because she knows in her eyes, it's not right to say. There's black people around. So he can't do that if she's there. Why? Because Irene would get in trouble if one of us black people pulled HR and said this 
blackness blatantly out the statement, and Irene, the boss, was there, which means she would get in trouble if she didn't do anything. So she knows if he did it at that time when she was there, she knows she would have to get involved. So he does it when she's not there. Um, I have talked to I have talked to an HR, uh, uh, a non-white male, black male, who I'm actually good friends with, who actually got me the position in DIT. I talked to him about this issue, like, how would I go about dealing with this, this, this race issue? He's like, well, just tell you, you got to pick your battle. What does that mean? He's like, well, what's important to you? Job or no job? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, it shouldn't have to come down to that. But I told him, I read their code of conduct in their manual, and it says that, you know, if someone is feeling uncomfortable about a situation, um, they're concerned about something, we look into it. We want to make sure that everybody is comfortable here in this environment. And they said, if need be, we will take that action to make sure we don't have that problem. That's, that's basically what it spells out. So I don't see why it would be a problem for me to say something. Well, he's like, but she at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be your word against theirs. He's like, even if you wrote it down, you would need witnesses. Who are the witnesses that you got? I was like, well, I mean, can he be a witness, but he turned a blind eye. Like, he'll just mind his own business and do his work. So he's not really a good witness. You know, so he told me, you know, I don't I don't agree with what they do when she leaves. I don't agree with that. You're in a corporate setting. You have to be professional. I don't agree with that. Because there are people, you shouldn't even be talking about politics in corporate. They shouldn't even be talking about politics. You know? You know, that's, that's what he said. But he's like, hell, like I said, pick your battles. Because there's a lot of pieces. I hear all kinds of stories, trust me. <laughs> there are a lot of stories. There's a lot of racist people that work here. I know. I hear the stories. But me as a black male, I really don't have that kind of power. He He's like, I don't have that kind of power. I'm just someone who interviews people, you know. I, I'm, I don't have that kind of power. His, his boss, obviously, is white. But like I said, I don't have that kind of power. And you will, you as you go through SHI, he's like, you will see what I'm talking about. See, you, you're, you got here, but you will see as you start moving up. You obviously will see who's getting the positions and who's, who's supposed to be getting positions and who ain't getting positions. You will see a lot of blondes, a lot of blondes getting like positions before any black female. You'll, you'll see all the time. He tells me this stuff. You know, he even told me this before I got to DIT when I was in the warehouse. Because when I was in the warehouse, the blondie girl got my my position, and she up and left. She never came back to the job. She's like, oh, I'm in Florida. I don't feel like coming back. Well, you just wasted Philippa's time by getting this job. But since you're away, it's like, I don't care. I'll just do whatever. Clowning. That's uh, even that like, right you there. Know, like behavior, right. You know, it's like, I, you know, I can do whatever I want. I don't. And her, the boyfriend she had, she broke up with him for whatever reason. But yet... She was freeloading off, you know, him, of course. Mm, that right there is pretty awesome. Her father's the CEO of the company in Canada. I'll just mention that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's Crazy. pretty. Uh, folks can think about that, non-white people that are listening to the program. If you, uh, how things will work out if you got, you know, promoted or even just hired for a job and then decided after you've been there a short period of time that you're just going to dip not, you know, giving any sort of uh, feedback or whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm, uh, I'm moving on to better things. Peace out. <laughs> like how that would work, particularly when it's time for you to get a reference down the road and someone contacts them, how that would work for you as a uh, non-white person. Uh, I also, also thought it was uh, important, the very first anecdote that you started with, this black female who's being pushed uh, to me, what sounds like being pushed into a position that's going to uh, perhaps increase the likelihood of her being terminated or at least not having as fruitful uh, a tenure with the company as she could, not being trained, not being given training. That's one of the uh, big suggestions in Mr. Edward Williams' text uh, where he talks about the importance of requesting training uh, where if it's going to be some sort of uh, write up or you're about to get in trouble for something or they're saying you didn't do this correctly. Uh, did I get access to training? Have I been trained? Have I been shown the correct way to do this? That that's very important 
always be on the lookout for training opportunities so that you can advance and so that they're not concealing information. Really, that's the way you even process it, that being then, uh, denied training is being denied access to constructive information that you need. I think that's one of the things that we talk about on this program consistently, white people uh, having more information than non-white people. That's how this problem advances. But uh, yeah, a lot of those uh, incidents that you just described uh, and laid out, even the white people being that meticulous to observe when the supervisor's there and when she's not, so they know they can be a little bit more explicit in their racist conduct, standard types of things. That's the things that, you know, you should be trying to pay attention to uh, on the job. They're making their racist comments about the finals and all that. That's the sort of thing we should be paying attention to uh, on the job, taking notes, uh, even uh, type of situation if it gets to that that point where they're saying, well, you would need witnesses to verify that this happened. Uh, even if you can't get other individuals, perhaps even a recording. Uh, and I know, you know, about legal issues and what have you, but that might even be something. Uh, if you have your iPhone, you see this going down, you can make your recording, make your copy. Then, you know, whichever route that you go, hey, I made an audio recording just in case so that I could evidence that this did happen and I didn't want to, you know, get anybody in trouble in terms of witnesses and what have you and kind of go from there. But that might be an option as well if people are making just blatantly uh, racist remarks in your area and you want to make sure you have uh, proof, you write it down, see if you can get the recording as well. Uh, if any of the folks listening in, folks uh, want to hop in, participate, have your own workplace issues you want to bring up uh, or anything else that stood out this week, uh, feel free to chime in. The number 760-569-7676, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. Um, also unfortunate, uh, although common, but unfortunate, uh, the black male uh, who I guess he understood that some of these things that these white people were doing was racist, but certainly not all. The white people who are making blatantly racist jokes they're just, that is standard. They chalk that up to ignorance and not, no. They're informed, they're racist, and they enjoy being racist and talking about vile things happening to black and non-white people. Um, uh, do, you, do you do anything to make sure that you uh, don't set yourself up to get in trouble with other non-white people? Like, you know, that they end up going snitching on you or trying to go get you in trouble with white people like do you do anything to make sure that you're you know kind of protected as much as you can be and how you deal and talk about racism with other non-white people on the job uh yeah um that's funny that you mentioned that because i don't know if i, I think i don't know if i told you this but uh the non-white female that is not getting any training um who's been there for eight years, uh, she she IM'd me one time and asked me, because I don't come in contact with her like that. Like she, It seems like she's trying to talk to me, but I'm focused on my work. Um, I don't know about what. I know it ain't nothing to do with work. Um, she IM'd me one time and asked me, oh, why, are, why don't you talk or why are you so quiet? And um, that's the second time someone said that. But this is the first time someone said it to me. I wasn't expecting any white people to actually come and ask me to my face. Because, you, you know, that's not going to happen. And I told her, I'm very focused on my work. I like to make sure I get my work done. When I'm here, I'm working, you know. And she, and then she comes off. It's, I don't know what answer she expected, but she's like, oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, I'm the same way, too. If you're the same way, too, why are you going to ask me the same? Why would you ask me that? Because she was expecting a different response. She was expecting me to say something like, I don't like these people. Like, she was expecting me to go like, you know, like how she probably would. Because she gossips. She talks with other black people and gossips about our boss, from what I've been hearing. And Irene gossips about her. So they gossip with each other. They just gossip about each other. This is why her and Irene don't get along. She's called out Irene twice on things related to work-related stuff. Irene has... Irene emails her almost every other day complaining about little things. My boss emails her. She gets emails from her complaining about stuff that she really shouldn't be emailing her about. It doesn't make sense. But she don't do that to anyone else there. This is what, this is what Irene does with the white people. If she notices something's up, 
so like for example, there's a white male that sits right next to her. She his audit his order report for his parts were like supposedly terrible. So instead of having a meeting, instead of sending him a long ass mean email like she does with me, she leans over because he's right there. Eric, you know, um, can you try to uh, do more software parts and just you know work on you know your accuracy with your parts? You couldn't send them that in an email. Where's the professionalism? Because most most bosses do email. They don't do stuff like that. The fact that she did it like that, it makes it, it's like she's reassuring him. Like, yeah, you know, you did things wrong, but I don't want you to like hate me or something. Because I just want to be liked. So I didn't get that. So to him, he's thinking, oh, I guess I'm not in trouble. So guess what he's going to keep doing? He's going to keep messing up on parts. And she's going to keep talking to him like that, like a baby. Instead of being like, hey, Eric, you need to get on top of your part. She, they don't talk like that to any of the white male, any white people, especially white males. She doesn't, she, she won't even dare talk to a white male like that. That would never happen. Her, her husband's white, but she, she would never dare talk to a white male like that. It wouldn't happen. Mm. So, it, which is very interesting. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, um, but in regards to the non-white people, like I said, I stay codified. I, Kenny, I've had a conversation with him in regards to the stuff that has happened at work, and he questioned me and asked, you know what, why do I feel like Irene's being, like, she's practicing subtle racism? I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. I was like, should I comment or should I not comment? That is the question, because I know if I comment, I'm going to open a whole can of worms. <laughs> I was like, well, well, if you feel that's what it is, Kenny, I, non-white and, you know, male coerce, you know, that's, that's probably your intuition telling you that's probably what it is. So maybe you should, I told him, maybe you should be codified in how you go about interacting with her, you know? Would he understand what He's that like, meant? No. Like, codified? What do you mean codified? I'm like, well, if, you, if you're suspecting, well, I mean, you're suspecting her as possibly being a racist, you need to figure out how to go about protecting yourself because she might be trying to get you fired. He's like, yeah, I, I always had that feeling with Irene because she has meetings with me about my parts. So you might need to pay attention and be aware. Even your own coworkers, they might try to get you fired, you know? So I tell them, that's how I am. You notice why I am the way I am because I got to protect myself. I can't um, allow people to just bring me down and not allow me to be successful um, at work. All because, you know, well, I don't like this black person or whatever, or because I want to make sure I'm above this black person, so I'm just going to terrorize them at work. You know, you you know, you know, as a black male, Kenny, you have to understand. I mean, you told me people claim doors in your face. You do have to realize, obviously, you are a threat to a lot of these people here. Um, I, I've seen it. Like, the interaction they have with them is unbelievable compared to what they have with even just black females. Black females, it's like the white dudes are talking to them. Black dudes, it's like they don't even look at them, let alone interact with them. Charlie and Mike try to stay away from Kenny as much as possible, which is um, it's, it's hilarious. If Kenny asks him a question, they don't even give him the legit answer. He's asking you for help. Help him. It's like they don't want to help him. And Kenny's like, okay, I, I guess I'll just have to figure it out. I'm like, are you kidding me? But if I want help, some white dudes are over at my desk within five seconds. Oh, Chantel, you need help? Not exactly, but, <laughs> but it's, a, it's very interesting to see. But then what's funny is when they see Kenny come to my desk, they get alert. Like, they, they go back to what they're doing. They don't even dare look in my direction. Because Kenny's there. It, it's very, it's very, it's, it's, a, it's very interesting. Um, it's, a, it's a power dynamic going on there, definitely. Mm. Um, there's definitely a power dynamic going on there. Because you got two black people together talking. White people see that, they, they become afraid. I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I, I know I'm probably talking too much right now. But I don't know if I mentioned this, but I went to a work lunch lunch uh, outing with Kenny and 
me and him were sitting with three white people because there was nowhere else to sit. And they looked uncomfortable because two black people who know each other, it's not like we didn't, are sitting with them and they're like, just quiet or like, they don't want to interact. It was so uncomfortable. Every white person, it wasn't even just white people, Asians and Indians, everybody was looking at us. Like, what's going to happen? Unbelievable. And Kenny's acting like nothing's going on. Like, he don't see what's going on. And I'm looking, I'm like, you don't see what's going on? He's like, no, I'm just, I'm like, I can't deal. I can't, this is, I can't deal. <laughs> I try to stay away from Kenny as much as possible, so... I think that dynamic of a male and female, because I know I've heard other folks talk about that down through the years uh, several times, Uh, just black male, black female, not fussing, not cursing, not trying to reenact the latest scene from Empire, but getting along, being patient with each other, constructive, enjoying each other's company. You don't even have to be, you know, any sort of sexual thing or dating anything like that. Just, you know, having pleasant time constructive and that right there is like oh man (laughs) whole day is ruined we have got to find a way to disrupt this or do whatever we can like that i've just heard that consistently from listeners down through the years uh that sort of response when they're out in public and i'm pretty sure the same sort of dynamic would be there uh on the job particularly um i don't know i think you've shared (laughs) through the years uh various white folks on this job uh, either flirting with you or other sorts of uh, making a pass, as they say, to indicate that they would be interested in talking. Like, that's definitely going to be the type of thing that's going to set off their alarms and, and probably inspire a whole new round uh, of racism, uh, probably against both of you, certainly continuing against uh, this black male not helping him or, or trying to uh, advance his career. Uh, thanks to all the folks listening in. Good to see you all. If you have anything you would like to uh, share your own anecdotes about workplace racism or anything else that's popped up uh, over the last few uh, days of interest, feel free to chime in on that as well. Um, I feel like it's been so much so much stuff in the news um, with the, uh, the biker situation and stuff info coming down and some of the uh, information coming down uh oh, okay i was wondering like what is that noise uh some of the information uh that's coming out about some of the the different cases i think in cleveland they're waiting for a verdict uh with the shooting case of the uh the officer that shot and killed the two black people where they fired over 137 rounds they're waiting uh to see if the officer is going to be indicted they've been talking about is is there going to be a riot uh, in Cleveland, definitely. If anybody has any any current event info that uh, has popped up, has that has that been an issue on the job? Like people saying anything about what's all of the events that have been transpiring over the last thirty days, either the situation in Baltimore or the biker situation, the Google apology. Where uh, if you search uh, "nigger king," they show you a photograph of the White House uh, or a map of the White House on Google Maps. Is any any of the current event stuff has that been popping up on the job? No, I actually haven't heard anything. And mm. If they are talking about it, it's probably when I'm not there. Mm. Um, but if they are, they're probably because what I see the white males doing a lot, they send stuff to each other. They IM each other. They send photos of stuff. Um, I didn't see. I didn't know. Uh, Charlie, he sits behind me. He mentioned CNN. He said something about uh, an oil spill. What he did. But when I went to the CNN page, right next to that was the eight officers being indicted in the Freddie Gray case. But he didn't say anything. So they're being codified in how they go about conversating with each other. I'm sure he goes over to Eric's desk and Eric is sitting there looking at something. There's a lot of that going on. A lot of that going on. Um, I'm sure he's so codified that he probably is like, you know what? Maybe I should have mentioned my views. He probably knows. I think he's picking up the energy from me that I know when he, they make those statements. So they try to stay away from that, I notice. They'll make racist comments like, I guess, the NBA, because it's NBA. When it comes to stuff like that, they probably talk about that after they leave you know, that hidden racism stuff where they go and talk about it with their, their white family member or, you know, 
But I will say this. I know they all went out to a bar on Friday of two weeks ago, and I actually took off work that day. They went to a... No, no, they went to a bar on Thursday night, and the Spanish girl went there. They were like, oh, hey, you want to come with us? They wouldn't dare ask me or Kenny. They don't hang out with black people. So they asked Crystal, and she's like, yeah, um, I'll go. But her her, uh, fiancé went, too. And what was amazing is that, like, I guess, you know, I asked Kenny, I was like, Kenny, you heard them go to the bar the very next day. Did you hear them talk anything about what they talked at the bar? Because you know how people, they come back from the bar, John, talk about what they did last night. It's like, I didn't hear anything she saw. Yeah, because they're being codified. That means, you know what that means. They hadn't been talking about me or Kenny at the bar. But white people get drunk. They have, obviously, the tendency, and they do talk about racist stuff, and even their co-workers. That is one of the reasons why I did not go to the dinner outing that our, our company set up. It was either you go to the lunch outing or dinner outing. The dinner outing involved drinking alcohol. The lunch outing, they didn't have that because you're during work time. The dinner outing was after work. There's alcohol involved. I made sure I didn't go to that. As for the black female who works with me, she avoided that at all costs. Why? Maybe she went one year and it didn't turn out so well. Or maybe she found out they talk about black people. But I'll tell you this, not many black people went to the event. There were only two black people that went. And one of them is he, he likes to make white people laugh. He's the, type of, he's the type of black person that wants to befriend white people and make them laugh, act foolish. That was the one that was at the event. I've seen him in action. Um, but besides that, uh, I'm not going to name his the name particular name because I don't want to be rude. Uh, but other than that, um, I was very aware of the fact that these people are going to be drinking, and I told myself, okay, so Irene's not giving Irene's telling me that I have to choose which one I want to go to. And I'm like, wait, hold on. She tells me, oh, Elise will be going. She lies to me. I don't like that. She said, oh, Elise will be going to the luncheon with you. But she's not going to the dinner room. And I was like, I saw cover. I was like, oh, okay, another black person's going besides me and Kenny. Come to find out, she lied to me. Because the day's gone by, and I message Elise, hey, Elise, how am I supposed to know? She, how am I supposed to know? I call Irene a lie. Hey, Elise, um, Irene said... And Irene did not tell me to not tell her. Irene said that you were going to the, the luncheon. She goes and says, what are you talking about? Uh, she said you were going to luncheon. Do you want to carpool with us? It wouldn't make sense why we would all take separate vehicles. She's like, oh, I'm not going. Now, Lise could have laid it off and been like, and knew that Irene lied. But she wasn't going to do that because she didn't like Irene and tell her straight. Uh, I don't know why she tell you that. I'm not knowing. Oh, really? So, I, just to confirm this Irene's lie, I emailed Irene. Irene, can you confirm the time for the luncheon? I want a carpool with Kenny and, and Elise. Now, at that moment, she could have cut herself out of the line and been like, you know what? To tell I, Elise told me she's not going. It's just you and Kenny. She stuck with the lot. Oh, okay, yeah, you and Elise and Kenny have fun. Unbelievable. So, this is before reviews. So, when I got my review done, before I left the room after my review, she tells me, oh, she's like, can you come here for a second? I was like, okay. Um, I just want to make sure we're clear in regards to, you know, if there's something that I tell you um, or discuss with you about, you know, I don't want it to be told other people. I'm looking at her like, what is she talking about? It didn't hit me at first. When I left the room, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Like, if there's a problem that you have, you can come talk to me. There was no rumor going around in what I was doing. All I did was confirm with you the time of the event, so that way the supposed person you said was going was going with me. You got caught in a lie. Don't put that on me, because Elise came at her during the review. And was telling her, why are you telling people that I'm doing this and that? 
So she got pissed and goes, she's she going to go blame me, the non-white female, instead of leaving me alone, comes at me and blames me for the situation. Are you serious? And at that moment, that's when I had tabs on her. That's when, I think at that moment, that's when me and her didn't, she realized I would be a threat to her because I would expose her. The more you lie to me and you say stuff and you tell me what Elise is doing or whatever, the more I'm going to tell her and the more she's going to keep yelling at you. So now I really know she can't be messing with me like that. Mm. I've came back at her five times. What, should this be something I should be concerned about in regards to me getting fired? Yeah, it could be, but it's not enough. I'm not that much of a threat to her. Elise is, and now I see why. And Elise was pissed when she found out she had to do the vendors. She's like, I don't, I, she's like, I'm not doing this. She's like, well, Elise, like, which choice, she said, which choice do you have? What choice do I have? So Kenny was in the room with her, and she really wanted to punch her in the face. Kenny had to, Kenny, Kenny's like, Elise? Because they, they left the room, she was Elise, calm down. She, so she's like, Kenny, you know this is bullshit. You know, this is bullshit. And I know Lisa's probably looking at me like, oh, Chantel don't have to be, she don't have to do vendors. You know, she, that's like she's all that. When really the person you should be talking about is the person that made that decision. Don't get mad at me because she puts me in part. It's not like I, you know, to be honest with you, I actually wanted to do the vendors. <laughs> I do what I do first. She wouldn't put me in vendors. I was like, this is fucked up. So you know what that means. She uh, talked about G rated, G rated, you participated before, G rated. Oh, my bad. My apologies. Um, she, I know she had talked to her boss about this whole thing. There's no way she could have not ran this past her boss. Because the boss is in charge of the department and he decides what goes on. So, I, I don't know. It, it's, like I said, I'm, I, right now, I'm looking for another job. There's no way I'm planning on staying at this company. So. Mm. That is definitely a big aspect of the racist plan to uh, make sure that non-white people can't have that level of uh, comfort uh, on their job and feel like, hey, I can, I can be here, I can contribute to the, to the success of this company, and they value my contribution. I can, you know, evolve. I can have a 15, 20 year stint here and, and do great work and all that. Absolutely not. Like, uh, we don't even want black people to get comfortable uh, for six months uh, on their place of employment. Oh. Already have them thinking, oh, you got to write up or oh, you had to take some sort of disciplinary action. Get that in your fold. I mean, that's standard operating procedure. Um, I also wanted to make sure I got in um, about the, the gossiping because that's come up before. I think that's something that's just. It's a plus codification all the way around and keeping you out of trouble. Just I've said before to just get a reputation on your job for not participating in gossip with anybody, white people, non-white people. You talk about the non-white person who messaged you or IMG about, you know, what do you think about this person? What do you think about this person? Like, I, I think they're employed here and doing their work. <laughs> That's it. Moving forward, like really avoiding all that. And as I said, just be known that you don't participate in any of that foolishness. I'm serious, I'm courteous, speak to people, you know, all that stuff, but just being about my work, not participating in any nonsense that doesn't have anything to do with what we are tasked with completing. Uh, I just think that's very important for, uh, <laughs> very important uh, for black people uh, in the workplace. But uh, yeah, that, that, mm -hmm. That deception uh, in terms of the white people uh, lying about things and being dishonest. I think Karma, she says that pretty weekly, on a weekly basis, uh, with the compensatory call in, just about white people lying. In fact, uh, one of our other listeners, uh, I was speaking with her yesterday, and she was saying that, that that same trend of like she knew about racism, she had listened to the program, she had done her own studies about the system of white supremacy before. She began her current job, but she said even there, she's realizing, now that she's been there for some time, she's realizing how deeply deceptive and devious the white people are on her job. And even even that they, they lie to other white people 
on the job and and are giving them inaccurate information and lying about things that they've done or lying about things, tasks that they are already supposed to have completed uh, and they haven't done it. Uh, just constant. But she said that that really has been a lesson for her, just realizing and seeing it up front in person uh, that when we say master deceiver, that racist man, racist woman, they're master deceivers. What does that mean? Uh, and she even she especially emphasized how a lot of the white people that she works with, they are great at like smiling at you and being very nice and pleasant and all cheers. Uh, and then as soon as you exit, bam, they go to town working on you and saying nasty things about you and trying to uh, cause unnecessary problems for you and disrupting things that you have planned. She said just noticing that this was happening consistently uh, with the white people, white men and white women that she worked with uh, on the job. And she was just saying how foreign that is to her. And she just can't, you know, she just can't do that. If I don't, if I don't like you and you're somebody that's just not cool with me or what have you, I'm not going to try and pretend that I like you. I'm not going to be all smiling and running around like we're best friends and everything. And she was just saying that it, it at least to her, it seems like the white people that she works with, they just don't have that. They are totally fine and seem highly skilled at uh, going to town and working to totally destroy or at least lying about you and, and participating in a lot of nasty, disc, uh, non-constructive things about you. And then as soon as you appear, hey, this is my bus, but, uh, best bud in the world. Let's go get a coffee. <laughs> like, uh, And I just I think that's the sort of thing that we should keep in mind when we say master deceivers. That's one of the ways that their deception is manifested. And that's in my opinion, that's what makes them so dangerous talking about white folks uh, and why it's just it's super important at minimum, at minimum to have in mind that this white person uh, probably is a racist and I need to conduct myself as such. Again, for me, it just goes back to what does it mean white? That's what I'm saying. At minimum, at minimum, bare minimum standards, this white person is probably racist and I'm going to make sure I never lose sight of that while they're in my presence. Um had uh, lots of work put again folks uh, are interested in chiming in i know uh we're normally not on at this time and this is going to be uh hopefully we'll try and do like one a month and kind of see how that goes and uh promote up front so that people know that we're on good to see folks calling and listening in didn't see any hands if folks have uh, things that they would like to share news items workplace racism other concepts if you just have questions you want to get in as well feel free uh, as i said i think we're going to probably do about uh, an hour for the first couple uh, segments of the program and then after we've been on a while more people know that we're doing the one early show uh, we might stay a little longer if folks uh, have things they want to share things they want to make sure they uh, get out on the program um any anything else pop in uh this week that you observed either uh news related uh just own observations thoughts about racism uh that have popped up this week um yesterday i was watching the news with my mom and uh they talked about the six people that were being charged indicted for the freddie gray uh situation and uh well she was in the kitchen as i was watching the cnn and CNN was talking about it. They had their people on there talking, the talking heads. And they show the face of the people. They say their name. They tell you the charge that they're being charged with. And, you know, I'm looking. I was looking at the, the black man who's being charged. Secondary murder. Hmm. That's nice. Then I looked at black girl. So three black people have really crazy charges. Then I looked at the three white people. One had misconduct in office, manslaughter, assault. Didn't really see murder in them. So I was like, "This is bullshit." I was like, "This is this is BS. This is seriously BS." So I'm also, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Nothing." So I'm just watching TV. But she comes in and sits down and watches what I'm looking at. She's like, "I don't understand. What were you saying?" Well, this is what I was saying. If you look at the six people and you look at the charges for everybody, who has the most, the highest charge? And she looked and she's like, I guess the black people. 
Yes, the black people. It says second degree murder for the, the, the black male on there. And it says always in the church for those black people. What are the three white people got? Uh, assault, misconduct, and all this, my point. And we didn't see any black people in the video, if I'm correct. I just saw all white, most obviously white males. I didn't see any black people in the video. So this is just them coming out of the woodwork. Like, who are these black people? It just so happened. And my mom's like, well, the reason why the black male got the highest charge was because he was driving the car. I was like, it just so happens to be the black male was driving the car. Really? No. I'm not buying that. That's too much of a coincidence. That doesn't make any sense. If that's the case, charge everybody with the same charge. Nobody should get anything lesser. That's not right. They're the ones who carry the in, the person who was injured. So what if he was driving the truck? He probably wasn't even allowed to leave. Like, like black people who work in the police department. My mom acts like, oh, well, they could have did something. They could have. Not exactly. That's not how it works. You're a black person in, in the police department or whatever. He's still at the bottom of the pole. Well, he shouldn't have took that job. You know, he, he could have got another job. He didn't. Nobody made him do that. Uh, he 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 volunteered or he willfully uh, made a decision to take that job and aid those other likely race soldiers in harming black people. So he should be blamed. What? Because I know there's some people who take that position. What's your What's your thought on that? On the position of what? That they chose that job? Yes, and that, you know, whatever punishment he gets, good for him, because if you're a black person, you shouldn't be taking that job as a police officer, because this is the sort of thing that you will be required, expected to do, harm, mistreat black people. Well, those, well, I would say those people who are taking that job obviously aren't aware of what goes on in the police department. If they, if they have previously talked to someone who had a bad experience and was like, hey, these cops are racist. I mean, they make racist comments towards me. I would assume that person wouldn't even take that job. But the fact that you have black people who are confused when it comes to, you know, the police, even being in regards to employment, they're thinking, oh, well, if I work in the police department, I'm safe. I have to be. That's not, no, that's not true. They're not safe. But I say you're probably worse off. Yeah, why would I say that? One, you're either being targeted by them or you're put in a position where you have to uh, see one of your fellow non-white people getting harmed and you, get, you unfortunately happen to get involved. And this is where it leads to that point where you're driving the van, oh, it looks like you got involved. It ain't going to just be white officers in charge. You're going to get charged, too. But guess what? You're going to get charged with the higher charge. Why? We want to make sure these officers, you know, don't get the highest charge. You know, we don't want to give people the wrong idea, you know. It, you know, so at the end of the day, to those people, I just, I, like I said, I just feel if you're a black person who is unaware, obviously, this is why that happens, those people who go into those positions. If you're a person that's aware and you know that there obviously are racism that is going on within the police department, then, you know, you wouldn't go and take that job, point blank. But they're all confused. Those people are in those positions. And I don't know if I told you this, but the female that was being charged, she made a statement, and her statement was, this is ridiculous. That was her statement. I don't know what she meant by that. Is this the black female in the Baltimore situation? Yes. She said this, her statement was when they asked her about the charges, she said this is ridiculous. That can mean anything. My assumption is this is ridiculous, meaning she probably wasn't even there. <laughs> they just threw them in there. There was definitely some scheming. There was definitely a cover-up going on. Um, not a lot of, lot of scheming. So... When I was sitting there with my mom, she's just like, you know, well, he got... And then the way she said it was just like, like, yeah, he got the list of charge. He should be the one who gets the list of charge. I'm like, you know, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. So then, um, so then after all that, that whole, that news segment, they're like, okay, uh, back to you, Aaron, da-da-da-da. 
And then she goes into the 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 biker gang thing. I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. You show first, you show a new segment about the whole Baltimore case. Da 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 da. da. Still pinning, you know, somewhat even of the three black males. You, you keep showing that he has a higher charge. You keep mentioning the riots, the violence, the looting. You can mention that thugs running around. And then next, you know, the ne- new, next new segment is biker gang. Yeah, uh, they're threatening to kill local police departments. How do you go from that to that? I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I was, cur- I was cursing, of course. My mom's looking at me like, what's wrong with her? I was like, this is some BS. This, I was like, this, I, so I was just talking to myself. My mom, she, my mom didn't know what to say because she knew. You go from the media, you know, saying, you should burn thugs, you should burn criminals, da 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 and the gang, the Bloods and Crips, which came together to stop the violence, you've got these biker gang people who just all about violence. We don't care. We, hey, we, we don't even, we don't threaten the police department. And they're not given a bad name. They're not called thugs, which they should have been. They're not called thugs. You see how the police is handling them? Back them down nice and appropriately. Have their hands behind their back. We're just going to sit here and wait and figure out what we need to do. Meanwhile, cops call the National Guard, they shoot at people. It's like, they should have called in the National Guard for that. Hey, man. It's quite, even, the, uh, even the BBC, which is uh, not Jimmy Savile, uh, child rapist, uh, former employee at the BBC, but yeah, they're not, in my opinion, they're not known for their uh, counter-racist commentary, but even they pointed that out, how the coverage would have been drastically different if these had been black people. And uh, in fact, from at least from the reports that I've seen, uh, these bikers, uh, hoodlums, they had been uh, meeting for a while. Like this wasn't like the first time that they had hooked up at this restaurant to hang out or do whatever, do whatever they do. Uh, and I mean, just that right there, if you can think uh, if it would be uh, a a gang of black people, if they could go to some establishment where it's hordes of them and just hang out and chill and all of this and no problem, no big deal. This is, uh, this is you know, just a social gathering where they want to get their thoughts in. Um, and, and I can even say with the biker gang, I think someone put it on my uh, Facebook now. See, <laughs> people hung out. I don't know if they were just waiting to talk about the biker, uh, biker gang situation. If that is the case, uh, Folks will certainly have their time tomorrow, but listeners have a habit of doing this. Uh, they will wait until the last minute, because uh, I think I've said several times that we're doing an hour today. They will wait until it's 59 minutes left that passed in the show. It's 60 seconds to go, and then they will, they will call in like, oh, I, I want to make sure I get my comment in. Uh, with the biker gang situation, exactly, exactly the same pattern that uh, Shani just shared about with the Baltimore police officers and how they got all these black people uh, being charged, even though I don't remember seeing any black people in the video, uh, the Freddie Gray, uh, Gray video that's been widely uh, televised, uh, and then also the black people having the more serious charges, right? With the biker gang, they have a report where one of the, one of the bikers or whatever that's been charged is a black guy and a former enforcement officer. He's a retired, uh, allegedly Martin Lewis, that's his name. He's a retired uh, San Antonio Police Department detective uh, who's a part of one of these gangs where they had all this going on on Saturday and they've got his face out. I know some of our listeners, Bruce Fine and other folks, they thought that same thought sort of thing was gonna happen, uh, that they were gonna try to put a black face on all this so then people uh, could feel comfortable saying, oh yeah, this is just some, you know, hoodlum, Nigger madness uh, down in down in Texas, as opposed to no, this is again white pathology, and this is what we do: go out and and shoot up the neighborhood uh, for no reason, just because you know that's what we do, broad daylight. Um, I, there, and it wasn't even just one person; there were multiple hands. But like I said, they are calling in at the hour mark, and uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do better. Should have got your hand up earlier. Uh, any, any, uh, anything else you wanted to get in, uh, before we, uh, get ready to, uh, conclude things, either the biker situation or anything else you just want to make sure you get on the record before we wrap up? Um, I'll just say one thing, just the fact that 
the gang, the gang members, the, the, the Crips and Bloods came together to stop the violence because we all know the police incited that violence. <laughs> uh, they came together and wanted everybody to be peaceful. That, that to me is shown as a very powerful, uh, not just symbol, but a powerful meaning in itself when you have Bloods and Crips come together and then you see these gangs, these bikers who are like, I don't care, this is our territory. It, it, it makes you wonder, and they're all white, so it's like, oh, well, white people can do that, but it's no problem. And then the way they did it on the news, it was just like, they were so calm, like there was like nothing going on. You, you didn't see, you, you, you didn't see, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, you didn't see Anderson Cooper. They, they, that's funny, they didn't even have a special... You know, Anderson Cooper comes on at eight. O- was it eight o'clock on? On uh, he comes on at eight o'clock. The Anderson Cooper three sixty. When they had the Baltimore riots, he was down. He was down in Baltimore. I didn't see Anderson Cooper up in Waco. And you know what? The police. I heard the police knew about this gathering. They've been watching this game. So the whole thing could have been prevented. Correct. But the reason is they want to get the news coverage. They want to get the news coverage to show that, yeah, black people, unfortunately, you can't do what you want. But black people, you can do what you want. So keep keep rioting whenever you want, and you know you don't have to worry about cops. It won't. He won't be a. He won't be a problem to you. Black people, you better watch out. So this the whole Baltimore thing. Yeah, we'll call, we'll pull in tanks. We'll we'll have national guard. You know, but like I said, the average person who's watching that, if they're obviously, if they're obviously confused, they're not going to notice that. They're not going to notice that at all, you know. But I'm sure a lot of black people are waking up and looking at the news and be like, wait, this still made no sense. This is a violent gang. I'm surprised the Hell's Angels wasn't involved. I'm, this is a violent gang. These people, no remorse. Like, this is a violent gang, but yet but the Bloods and Crips came together. What, what does that mean? So that's all I got to say. Ashay, uh, I know some of the yeah. folks talked about because they had, as I said, they had been meeting there for a while. That's the reports that I've seen. Like this wasn't a surprise that these bikers were at this establishment. Um, they even some of the reports that I've seen, they the police, the local police, were saying that the they had asked the owners, the proprietors of this establishment, where all this happened to work with them and trying to control the situation so something like this didn't happen and they said that the the owners wouldn't even work with them they were just like whatever this is our establishment we can do what we want now i don't know what they look like because they didn't have a photo of the folks who own this uh restaurant or bar or whatever it was but um it's hard for me to imagine them being black people and just saying we're gonna have you know biker thugs hang out at our spot and we don't have to tell you about it or work with you and if you don't like it well that's just tough titty like it's it's hard for me to imagine uh some black people being able to to pull that off and not being like seriously indicted i mean you talk about anderson cooper uh having folks calling them out by name and saying they need to have their business license revoked and maybe even be uh deported uh, from uh from the United States for, you know, this sort of uh, criminal thuggish behavior. But uh, yeah, again, we'll, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to to chat on all of this uh, tomorrow during the compensatory call-in. I know this has been uh, heavily reported. Again, even some of our listeners saying they think all this could have been staged, uh, that they just did this uh, just to bring in uh, some some viewers for the week, sell some newspapers, and then if they have any other long-term local uh, objectives that they're trying to accomplish as a result of all this, they can get that taken care of as well. But uh, deception, lots lots to process and think about. I'll get in really quick. Uh, you'll hear some of it tomorrow, but there was a great documentary on uh, Fox 2 in St. Louis, The Baby Mystery. We talked about it before, uh, the Homer G. Phillips Hospital. This used to be where uh, black, pregnant black mothers, uh, the only environment that they could go to formerly in St. Louis uh, when they were in childbirth. And it's coming to light their allegations that this hospital may have been stealing these black babies, uh, telling the pregnant mothers that the child died in childbirth. And so they're just thinking, oh, man, tragedy, I lost the baby. 
and the baby was actually alive and they are taking them and selling them and doing whatever else that they're doing to these black babies maybe who knows uh but there was a about a 30 minute special on fox 2 you can watch it online i posted the link on my facebook page so you can check it out you'll hear some of it tomorrow in the compensatory call-in uh, and also want to make sure i gave uh, a plug uh, for Cake the Series, outstanding counter-racist content, uh, content from one of our investors, uh, Erica Harden, uh, absolutely gorgeous, black female, uh, but it's all about racism, uh, the series that's on YouTube. Uh, she's done two seasons so far. I think this is the end of season two, uh, so there might be a break, same way they do it with uh, Breaking Bad and Scandal, have the little break during the summer, and then they come back for season three. Uh, but the season two finale, it is phenomenal. Lots and lots and lots and lots of questions asked of white people about racism. Uh, even, even I think one of the questions was, what's the difference between a white person and a Caucasian? Excellent questions uh, in, the, in the episode and other dynamics revealed about racism. So check it out. Excellent. Thumbs up to the whole cast, uh, particularly the creator, uh, Miss Erica Hard. Again, listener and investor uh, to the cows outstanding work. I hope folks uh, will comment, share, like, support. Great effort. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Uh, again, thank you to the folks who dialed in M1. Other folks, good to see you, but I have no idea why folks waited until the last minute. Uh, if you thought we were doing the whole three hours, nope. Uh, our lunchtime with Shani, uh, at least right now, early portion, uh, starting out with just an hour, and then we'll see if, if folks uh, participate and chime in, and we might go a little longer. But Thank you kindly to the folks who listened in. I hope it was a constructive investment, and we will be back in about hmm, seven hours. Asada Shakur, third book study session. Excellent read. Uh, really looking forward to continuing to uh, dissect her outstanding work. So uh, remain safe. Uh, thank you kindly for sharing a bit of your afternoon with us, Shani. I hope you have a uh, spectacular day off. Uh, enjoy the sunshine, be constructive, and uh, hopefully we will hear from you, if not tomorrow, soon on the program. And uh, listeners, if you have any questions, confusion, gripes, complaints, feel free to drop an email, untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. Invest if you think the program is constructive, racism-notes.blogspot.com, racism-notes.blogspot.com. It has been a hoot. Uh, enjoy your day, Shani. We will speak soon. You too, Gus. For sure. Context of white supremacy signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.